Let's face it, it is hard to try new things as a leader. There are always lots of people watching. There's the fear that if we fail, it's going to have larger implications on the organization as a whole. And maybe that by doing something new, we're sending the message that what we did before was wrong. And all of those things oftentimes keep us doing just like we have been doing as a leader. Let's talk about how we change that cycle and improve the future by rehiring your best self today. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Leadwell Podcast, where we give mission-driven leaders principled and practical advice so they can do just that, lead well. I'm your host, John Kidwell. Thank you for joining me this week and every week as we talk about leadership and answer your questions to help you lead well where you are. Y'all, if you have not yet done so, to make sure that you stay connected and to help us share the show with others that might be searching out leadership content, please subscribe to the show, leave a review or rate the show. And if you push those little buttons, arrows going forward, going up, going out, we would love it if you would share the show. When you do that, whatever platform it is, pushes it to the top and say, others need to see this show. And that really helps us spread the word. So please take the time to do that. Now, y'all, why do we need to rehire our best self? Well, I don't know if you've done this like I've done this, But have you ever read a book and you just knew, oh my goodness, if I started doing this, it would get so much better for the team. It would get better for me as a leader. I wouldn't be facing that same frustration, that same challenge. Maybe you have it coming out of a training where you're going to go back and you're going to change and implement a new execution system, or you're going to change a meeting format or structure, and you find it extremely challenging to do that. Or maybe you're in a session with your coach, you role play given feedback, you talk about the importance of giving feedback, and you just can't bring yourself to do it when you are with your team. I've been there years ago. I was with a team. We had been together for a really long time. We kind of all come up together. We've gone through raises and births of children and promotions together. We've gone through some crises together. We knew each other in and out. And you know what I found? I found it really hard to change with those folks that my old habits and my old patterns continued to present themselves even when I wanted them to change. Even more interestingly, when we hired a new person into the team, I found that I could more effectively just start doing some of the new habits, the new behaviors, the new patterns that I had read about, that I had learned about, that I wanted to practice And I was like, what is going on here? And it got so bad that I felt a little Jekyll and Hyde where uh, with one team, I was really leading in one way. And with the other half of the team, I'm leading in a completely different way. It got to where I actually felt like it was an integrity issue, that I was treating different people differently and unfairly. Here's an interesting thing that may be playing into that. It's called the fresh start effect. Milkman and Reese... Uh, did some research, and they found out that salient temporal landmarks, that's a lot, but what does it really mean? It means 
distinct events instead of the regular day-to-day. Salient temporal landmarks make it easier for us to try new things. So imagine that we get a new member on our team and all of a sudden we feel like, you know what, I can try to soften my style or I can try to be a little bit more assertive with this individual or I move into a new role in a new organization and we set up a new meeting rhythm or I've been wanting to change the way that I facilitate meetings and with this brand new project team, I feel like this is a great place to start. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we are more likely to try new things at salient temporal landmarks, distinct events instead of just the day-to-day. You add on top of it all of that relational baggage with teams that you've been around and they'd be like, John, this isn't you. What? Why are you doing this today? This isn't how we do all of these things. And that that judgment and that perception and the not wanting to look goofy uh, and worse, maybe even just be wrong, keeps me from trying the new things. So here's what we're going to do today. Every single one of us, this is our distinct event. And we are going to rehire our best self. All of us have kind of reality, who we are, how we are as a leader. And then we have where we see ourselves, where we'd like to be. And there's a gap in between there. And today's the day to give permission to move above, to shrink that gap, to get closer to the ideal. So rehire your best self today. Yes, get out a piece of paper and write yourself an offer letter. Get out a piece of paper and make this a salient temporal landmark so that you can start doing these new things because you know on the other side of this, there's going to be more effectiveness for the team. They're going to get the leader that they need and you're going to have less frustration and feel less guilt on, why am I just not stepping into some of these things just like I had felt? So this is the first day of the rest of this job and your leadership style. Rehire your best self right now. And here are three things that we can do as soon as we rehire our best self. Three steps to rehire your best self. Own the past, communicate that you are practicing, and change the cycle. We're gonna walk through how to rehire your best self by owning the past, communicate your practicing, and changing the cycle so that you can lean into trying new things, you get permission from the team to continue to learn and grow, and you drive future improvement and change. Let's jump into own the past. If we're rehiring our best self, all of us are probably thinking about some sort of interview, but there's always questions about, what did you do at a time like this? Or how did you overcome obstacles or mistakes? Or the dreaded, tell us about some of your weaknesses. And it always feels like you have to own the past in those interviews. Well, actually, it always feels like I kind of got to hide the past or renegotiate the past or talk about the past in a specific way. But what we want to do as honest, strong, vulnerable leaders is we want to own the past and say, hey, I used to think this way. Or this is the way that I was taught. Or this is what I thought might work best. And I am learning something new. We can own the past by acknowledging what we once did isn't what we want to do going forward. Maybe it wasn't as effective. Maybe you've just learned something new. But own the past by acknowledging what was and what you want to do. Another way that you can own the past is acknowledge that you received feedback. Because here's the truth. The team already knows. They see the blind spots. 
They've given the feedback, whether it's verbally or non-verbally, it's been given. But own the fact that, hey, I got this piece of feedback and here's how it's changing my mind. I received this piece of feedback. I went and picked up a book. I went to a training. I've been practicing this and I'm going to start trying this with our team. When you receive that feedback, you actually set the example for them of how to do it well as well. And sometimes you just need to own the past by saying, here's what I thought and here's how my mind is changing on this. Or maybe it's owning the past by saying, hey, y'all, let me own the fact that we've been stuck in this pattern or that my style has been ineffective in this spot for too long. And here's what I'm going to do to change it. When we own the past, we can actually release ourselves from it and move into the practice and changing the cycle that we need so that we can continue to be a learning, growing leader and be effective with the teams that we lead. Step one in rehiring your best self, own the past. Step two, communicate that you are practicing. Every single one of us has been frustrated and completely caught off guard by somebody that walks in, sets up an entirely new meeting agenda, starts giving feedback when they've never given feedback before in their life, or rolls out a new strategy and pretends like it's the thing that we've always done. Every single one of us gets frustrated, caught off guard, and we look and we just think, are you that unaware or disconnected from reality that none of us realize that you just changed and you're playing like, no, guys, this is the way that we've always done it. Instead of showing up and just pretending that this is the way that it's always done it because you've already owned the past, now communicate that you are practicing. What might that sound like? It might sound like, I've learned this new thing and I would really love it if you all would help me grow and get better at this new trait, at this new skill, at this new style. Hey y'all, I, I know that this is different and I'm going to be a little clunky at it for a while, but I'm trying something new because I think it's going to help our team be more effective because I think it's going to make me a better leader because I think I'm going to be able to be more helpful to you. Acknowledging that it's going to be wonky and phrases like this might be a little weird. I might get it a little wrong. Please help me are extremely powerful for bringing people in to help you support their growth, just like we as leaders want to be able to be supportive of their growth. And if it wasn't clear enough in those first two statements about communicating your practice, specifically ask for help. Ask the team for help. Or you can ask a professional for help. You can get a leadership coach, much like we do, that is going to give you the ability to practice in private so that you can lead successfully in public. Whether that's asking for help by asking questions about what I'm doing or why I'm doing it, helping to build a plan or a strategy, helping you to review what worked and what didn't work. This can be done by your team or by a leadership coach. When you ask for help and communicate that you're practicing and that you want to improve, people want to help you be successful. They also know that you're doing this to serve and influence the team. So we rehire our best self by number one, owning the past. Number two, communicating that we are practicing. And number three, changing the cycle. You've gone through all of this work, acknowledging, receiving feedback, 
communicate that you are practicing. Now step in to that new identity, that new self, the self that is above where you were might not yet be the ideal, but you are closing that gap. Use phrases like, I am the kind of leader who, a leader who leads like this, thinks this way, believes these things. Start to attach your identity to how you do these things. When our identity is, I am a person who is healthy, we start to do healthy habits. When my identity is, I am a parent who shows love to my children, I start to show love to my children. When I say, I am a leader who learns, I am a leader who grows, I am a leader who does things like this, now all of a sudden, not only this one thing that we are practicing, but future things, we give ourselves permission because we will now change our habits and our behaviors to match the identity that we already have. So change the cycle by saying, I am a leader who, and start to build your identity. Second way to change the cycle is a cycle that I used and that I love to do. And I believe that it is a great model for leaders to do. I adapted it from the medical profession. They have a three-part cycle as well. And I call ours learn, do, teach. The way that I change the cycle is I acknowledge that this is the type of person that I am. And I learn and I learn and I learn all these things are going to help me continue to grow and be effective as a leader. Then I turn around and I do them. Once I learn, I turn it into action and I start doing. And as soon as I start doing, sometimes even simultaneously while I am doing, I am now teaching the team. I'm teaching others because as soon as I do, now I've created a cycle where all of us are starting to learn to do and to teach. And the people around me are starting to see things or practice things or learn things just like I am. Again, whether that has to do with a communication style, with stepping in, stepping into giving feedback, to uh, changing our meeting rhythms and our structures, whatever that is, I want to learn, do, teach. It's going to help grow me as a leader. It puts me in a place where I can practice these things and I am teaching others so that the impact continues uh, to ripple out in a very positive positive way. And the last thing to change the cycle is to repeat the cycle. It's not one and done. You get to rehire your best self today, but you can rehire your best self any single day you want. Bring that new you with whatever you learned, be a little bit vulnerable, lean into the growth and change the cycle by continuously owning the past, communicate that you are practicing and constantly change the cycle for continued improvement and effectiveness in collaboration with the team that you lead. Hey everybody, before we dive into questions, I just wanna say, like we did before, we are launching our book January 17th. Redefine Your Servant Leadership, my first book launches on January 17th. If you've not yet joined our mailing list to stay connected, engaged, how you can help launch, when you can buy the book, P.S. you can start buying the book in January, when you can buy the book, click on the link in the show notes, jump on that list so that you will be ready when we start talking about and selling and promoting that book. Redefine Your Servant Leadership launches January 17th. Pre-sales are going to go at the beginning of January. Can't wait to bring it to you all. Now, 
You know we love to do questions. That is a huge part of this show. Let's jump into our question time right now. And if you're sitting there thinking, oh, I wish I would have asked this question, or I have a question about a few previous episode that I want to connect with John on, send your question to podcast at leadwell.com or text me at 832-895-1253 and we will bring your question to a future episode. Matthew, what do we have lined up today, my friend? We've got some good ones, John. Let's roll. Yeah, let's do it. So the first one is straightforward. What are the best ways to deliver feedback? Straightforward. I like how you said that. What are the best ways to deliver feedback? Well, it depends. (laughs) No, all kidding aside, what is the best way to deliver feedback? I think the best way to deliver feedback is from a position where I can be for the individual that if I'm going to be overly critical uh, and it's really about me making sure that I am right, uh, that feedback is not going to be received well. But when the feedback is for the individual, for their improvement, for the overall growth and gain of the organization, of the team, that's the starting place uh, that I want to be in uh, with delivering feedback. Why I said it depends is really the context. So most often, if it's kind of, one-to-one, someone that I lead, uh, it's going to be in private. Uh, I'm going to deliver that feedback in private. I want to praise publicly, but give feedback, potentially some some critiques or some coaching in private. Um, however, if, if it is something that is impacting the entire team or if it's live in the moment and it really needs to be addressed, I'd say then we would just do it right there in the moment. So delivering feedback is first and first first and foremost for them. Uh, I'm going to read the situation on whether this is best done in private or if it needs to be done in the moment. And the last thing, the last thing is be very, very clear and concise. Uh, Too often uh, we are unclear and not concise. Uh, We say things like we need to do better except we say that for about five minutes about all the things that we need to do better. And you just gave me more than a handful of bowling balls and I can only carry one, maybe two of those at a time. And you just gave me 17. So get really clear on what is the exact piece of feedback that we want to see improved and make it concise. Uh, Give me one at a time. That's usually all that I can handle. Yeah. Thanks, Matthew. That is a great question uh, because feedback is often really challenging uh, for all of us, right? We don't want to come off too strong or too hard, but at the same time, we know we need to give it so that we can continue to deliver excellent work. What else do we have? All right, this next one may be a big bowling ball to hold, but hopefully not too bad. Okay, I'll see what I can do. (laughs) I have faith. All right. What is a behavior or a trait that you often see get in the way of a leader's effectiveness? What is a behavior or a trait that we often see get in the way of a leader's effectiveness? Communication. 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 The number one behavior or honestly lack of that behavior of communicating is what gets in the way of a leader's effectiveness. If we don't communicate, it's like we don't put oxygen into the room and we need oxygen in the room. And if there is not communication, Others will put in the oxygen, and sometimes it's not the correct narrative, or it's a negative narrative, uh, or it's just misinformation. And I'm not saying they're doing it on purpose. I'm just saying they're trying to put out there what others need. We need communication just like we need oxygen. 
And so the lack of communication or poor communication often negatively impacts leaders and, and it's something that we see. So if it is important, say it. If it is important, say it over and over and over again. Uh, I once heard that leaders are repeaters and that has stuck with me. That leaders are repeaters and great leaders are great repeaters. We need to be saying these things over and over and over again, especially what is most important to the organization. When we do, then the team gets what they need so that they can be effective and we can keep everybody aligned. Uh, so communication. Great answer. Now I'm going to communicate to you our third and final question. It's personal to you. If you could learn any new skill, what would it be? Uh, a, a second language. Uh, I want to be able to speak a second language desperately. Uh, my wife and I actually have the same same goal, same desire. Uh, that is something I need to to put on there. I need to take my own medicine and say, I am the type of person who speaks more than one language uh, so that I can change the cycle. But it is 100% another language. I think if I were to lean in on one, it's going to be Spanish uh, because uh, I have a little bit of a start on that. But the number one skill that I want to pick up is being able to speak uh, a, a second language. I feel like I'm supposed to like end the podcast then in a different language, like gracias, mi amigos. And, but I can't, like, I, I got to learn it and then we'll come back and hopefully we can do a future podcast in another language. Uh, that would be so awesome. Y'all thank you so much for engaging and go out there, rehire your best self so that you can lead at your best God bless my friends. Take care.